You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Do you believe in miracles? If you don't, why not? Maybe you think that's woo-woo. What if a miracle is really a breakthrough that occurs when you shift your perception of a situation? Hey, hello, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm excited to announce that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of their service at www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. If you get value from today's show, please visit us on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us your rating and review. Then click subscribe. Also, definitely visit changeyourstorypodcast.com and download your free ebook, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. I would love to hear from you to get your impressions of the show and to tell me the things that you would like to see in it Going forward, you can reach me at Lewis, that's L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Today's guest is a man who not only believes in miracles, he makes them happen. He makes them happen for himself and thousands of other people. He is the CEO of New Peaks, formerly known as Peak Potentials, and he's the author of a life-changing book called Pivot, the art and science of reinventing your career and life. Prior to his position as CEO of Peaks, he was a senior trainer there, and he has personally trained more than 100,000 people in the United States, Southeast Asia, Canada, Europe, and Australia. He has shared the stage with superstars such as Tony Robbins, Damon John from ABC's Shark Tank, Lisa Nichols, Stedman Graham, and Donald Trump. He is a recognized expert in the integration of business and personal transformation. He has been interviewed or featured by New York Observer, Fox News, Newsday, The New York Post, The Wall Street Journal, and the list goes on. A man of many talents, he was also, for a few years, a junior high school English teacher. He started a successful commercial real estate investment firm, and he went to law school. After law school, he founded a multi-million dollar law firm specializing in finance, commercial, and employment litigation. Today, he lives in Carlsbad, California, where one of his greatest joys has been raising four amazing children with his wife of 26 years, Randy. I had the great pleasure to meet this man in my own personal development journey. I was in the audience when he was training, received the impact of his charm, his wisdom, his in-your-face way of getting you to transform yourself, and his amazing heart and sense of humor. It is really an honor and a great pleasure to introduce a person that I've gotten to know quite well over the years. His name is Adam Markell. Adam, thank you and welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Lewis. Thank you for having me. My very first question to you is, how you doing? <laughs> well, you know that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> I'm from New York, so to me, 
you say, how you doing? I got to ask you, how you doing? You know, <laughs> that's like required back, back, back where I grew up. Uh, that's, that's the, the standard response, let's say. But that's, uh, that's not typically how I respond to that these days. I think you know that, Lewis. My answer is, I love my life. What's your answer? My answer is also, I love my life. And I got to say, you were part of helping me to get to that place where I could make that statement. Beautiful. Now, you've written this wonderful book called Pivot. What do you mean by a pivot? Well, to me, a pivot is, is a change in some aspect or area of your life. Now, usually for, for a lot of people, and as you said, that the, the full title of the book is Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. So lots of people are looking to make a change to create more, uh, you know, sometimes it's more money in their life, sometimes it's more passion or more purpose, more fulfillment. That, that's really my own uh, journey in, in this area is that I was a, a, an attorney. In fact, I sometimes uh, describe myself as a recovering attorney, um, having spent 18 years in the practice of law. And uh, much of that time, I would say, more than half of that time, I didn't love what I was doing. In fact, I would wake up in the morning often, um, start my day, feet on the floor, you know, familiar. Uh, for me, was it was dark outside. My wife of 20-plus years, uh, and now we're married 27 years, but while this was going on, we were married about 20 years, and I... I would start my day, it was dark outside, she's sleeping, the kids are sleeping, I'm putting my feet on the floor for the first time uh, to begin a day, and, and you know, the thoughts I had, the first feelings that, that were coursing through my body were really thoughts of dread, dread about what, what my, you know, what was coming ahead, you know, what my life was going to be like that day, what I would be doing that day. Um, I had sometimes feelings of anxiety to begin, or anxiousness, just agitation, and, uh, and so... Yeah, I'd, I'd get myself out of bed, I'd get in the shower, I'd, you know, get out and get a cup of coffee, get a second cup of coffee, get in the car, drive either into the city, into Manhattan from our home in New Jersey, um, or drive to the train if I was taking the train that day, and, um, and I would start another day and, uh, and do the same thing that I'd been doing, you know, many, 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 many days before that, uh, which was something I didn't feel passionate about, something I didn't love, uh, and at a certain point, I could feel as though my, my soul, the, you know, the, the stuff on the inside that really meant, you know, what represented who I was in my core, in my being, that part of me just felt like it was withering and, and even dying. And so, you know, physically, I didn't look the same, and, you know, energetically, I didn't feel the same, and my heart didn't, didn't wasn't excited, I wasn't enthusiastic, I was really just you know, going about my, my, uh, my job, um, which was to provide for my family and, and to do, you know, do a good job of doing that. And I, I did, we, we had lots of, uh, wealth and all that kind of thing, but I was just miserable on the inside and the misery showed up in me, um, you know, a few little symptoms. Um, part of those symptoms was my, my, uh, difficulty in sleeping. And I would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and, for a period of more than a year, I remember to get to sleep, I would take like either a Tylenol PM or I'd take an Ambien, you know, uh, just to fall asleep. And then sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night and have thoughts about what, you know, what things I didn't do, what things I had to do, you know, and they were anxious thoughts at times too. Um, and then during the day, I would find myself easily, you know, getting angry, uh, just not, not feeling, uh, you know, not, not being happy, not being joyful. <laughs> just, I don't know, looking in the mirror and thinking, who in the world is that person? And, uh, and so I knew at a certain point, um, having had a, a, a near-death experience, uh, and at, at that, you know, in that moment, I knew that I needed to make a change. And so Pivot is really a part, part of the, the book is the story of my change. Um, and, uh, and I'll get into that more with you as, as we go on. Uh, but that's really where the title came from, that I made a change in my direction. And most people think that to make a change in direction, like so for me, I went from a 70-hour-a-week, 80-hour-a-week, unhappy, agitated uh, lawyer <laughs> um, to being a, a transformational trainer, 
author, best-selling author, CEO of a company that has now transformed almost two million lives uh, around the world for you know a long, long time, and uh, and to be doing what I'm doing now in the work in the business I'm in, uh, and and have that be so night and day different, uh, drastically different than what I used to do for a living and for money when I was a lawyer. Um, the, the difference is so dynamic, so dramatic. Uh, y- you know, most people think, well, that's ex- that's such an extreme pivot. You know, um, I you know, and they and they think somehow that that I that that's happened overnight. And my story and the book is really about not um, sort of buying into the myth. And I say it's a myth because it's it's definitely something that's perpetuated. In the media, and I think it's perpetuated in uh, in movies and in and in uh, TV and in books and, and all kinds of things. And there's this myth that in order to um, change something in your life or to achieve uh, something something new and different and great, um, that you have to jump ship, that you have to burn your ships, even you know that you have to fully you have to commit to the level of like being a, a you know a, a Mongolian warrior you know and the Mon- story of the Mongolian warriors is they never lost the battle and the reason they never lost the battle is cuz when they went into battle they brought all of their family and their possessions their kids their grandparents everybody was behind them in the battle and so they couldn't afford to lose so therefore they never lost and i think that's the myth that people think that in order to change their life whether it's to change their financial life or their health or their relationships or their job, their career or something uh, that they've got to they've got to burn the ships in order to do it. Uh, and they've got to do something so extreme to make that happen. And so that's part of the reason why I wrote the book was to debunk that myth. And the other reason that I wrote the book was so that our kids, you know, Randy and I were married 27 years and we have four beautiful, healthy kids. And I knew that I had come to a place in my in my life mid to late 30s, where I was on on the road to sort of what is classically known as a midlife crisis, because I was unhappy and agitated and, you know, all that kind of thing. And it could very easily led led in in some destructive directions. But instead of getting a midlife crisis, um, I created or received, I should say, the miracle of a midlife calling. And, uh, and the way that all unfolded, as I'll share with you later, is really a, a small step-by-step process and not a jumping ship or a burning ship process. And, and that's hopefully what the, the book conveys and, and the value, at least part of the value that people will get out of reading it. You know, what I find fascinating is that I, from the outside, it seemed that you had all of the trappings of enormous success before the pivot. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of money. <laughs> you know, I was wealthy, had lots of you know houses and toys and cars, boats and things. And yeah, for from an outsider's perspective, I think people looked at me and said, "Yeah, that guy is you know he's married." Obviously, we had, we've been blessed to have a great marriage and and healthy kids and lots of money and and prestigious uh, position in in a profession. And people looked at me and said, "I think said, yeah, this guy is, is pretty successful." Adam, I'd imagine that the things that you had, the material things, the status, etc., they were very, very attractive. And in order to make a change, a pivot, you had to let go of some very strong attachments. What was that challenge like for you? Yeah, um, that's a great question, Lewis. I mean, I, I was attached, and, and I still am dealing with this today, so just, just so we're all clear that we're, you know, the path of, of, of personal growth, uh, personal development, human potential, these things are, they're, it's a never-ending process. And so um, I'm, I'm on, a, I'm on a, different, uh, a different place in the path than 10 years ago, uh, but yet I still have the same... Uh, you know some of the same challenges, which are attachments, and uh, and the Buddha said, I believe that that all suffering comes from attachment. So yeah, I I was attached. Um, you know, back when I was doing the lawyer thing, I was attached to um, my 
my place in the world and the respect of the position that I held, um, I would say I was attached to certainty. Um, I was a bit of a control freak. So, uh, and, and at the root of wanting to control things is fear. Um, it's the underlying root of, of that, of that uh, desire. And so, uh, so I was a fearful person. And so, of course, I was a lawyer in a profession where I got to control things. And uh, to some extent, you know, other than the judge-making decisions, um, I controlled a lot of that relationship with my clients. And uh, I could control a number of other things. So, you know, for somebody that is living a bit of a scared existence, a lawyer's uh, a lawyer job is great. So in case you're wondering if I've just called all most lawyers scared people, I just I just did. Um, and, and I, and I realize that that may make some folks laugh and smile and some people may be annoyed by that, but either way, um, you know, my, my own, my own experience of it is that, uh, that yeah, control, control is something that a lot of people seek out and it's not just lawyers. Obviously, I think that, that the biggest issue in our, our entire world is fear. Um, and again, seeking where, where you see fear, especially with successful people, because many successful people wouldn't admit or would, would, would resist, let's say, um, the, uh, the accusation that, they, that they're fearful or that they live with fear. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that doesn't have fear and doesn't have, uh, live with fear on some level. And, and how we deal with that fear and how we see it and how we use it to our advantage, how do we utilize, utilize it, actually make use of it, um, I think is a part of the great journey of, of our existence. So yeah, um, you know, now I am aware and being aware, it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes or fall off the wagon, so to speak, or have challenges or have no attachments, as you've asked me. Um, it just means that I'm more aware acutely of when I am attached or when my control feature is showing up, when my fear is rearing its, its ugly, ugly head. Um, and that's, that's the part of the, the greatest, you know, to, to me, that's the greatest uh, aspect of, of this work. And, and that's the blessing to me is the increased awareness for myself and then the ability through the work I'm doing to share that awareness with other people so that their consciousness can expand. Mm-hmm. Is, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, what was the very first action step that you took when you realized that you had to make a change? Uh, well, let's see. I, uh, I was walking out of the hospital thinking that day I'd gone into the emergency room with my wife thinking I was having a heart attack and left the hospital having not actually had a heart attack. <laughs> so in, in the interim, the several hours of sweating and, uh, and electrodes and other things that were prodding me, um, I found out that I was, you know, overcaffeinated, overstressed and, uh, over anxious and so that's that's what I was experiencing and when I left I realized that 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 experience had changed me because in in the hospital in the emergency room when I thought I was I was about to expire I mean my fingers tingling I'm sweating profusely my heart is beating out of my chest and my wife is standing beside me with a look on her face like she's about to lose me and um, Wow, I just, I just had a wave of emotion come over me. Um, that's that's, yeah. that's great, man. Yeah, I thought I was I was not going to see my kids that day hmm. again. So, um, leaving leaving the hospital that day, I knew something must change. And of course, I I didn't have an answer. I looked up at the sky and I said, uh, I said, thank you, God. And uh, which was an interesting statement for me because I wasn't a religious person. I wouldn't even say I was a spiritual person at the time. Um, I believed in God. I wasn't agnostic or atheist. But uh, I just spontaneously looked up and I said, "Thank you, God," and uh, for the you know the opportunity to live another day and and really get a second chance. So, what did I do? I read a book. <laughs> I read a book. That's what I did. I picked up a book called. Um, the Road Less Traveled, which was Scott Peck, Dr. Scott Peck, I, gosh knows, must have sold millions of copies at this point. Um, and that book really opened my mind up 
it was kind of a scary exploration, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's uh, a very uh, deep book. And from there, I ended up reading uh, Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins' book. And in that book was a little footnote uh, making reference to another book, which I thought was a book, but it's actually a little pamphlet called The Seven-Day Mental Diet. Um, and this is Scott, uh, excuse me, this is Emmett Fox. And this was a highly spiritual book. And um, that, that led me to other work of Emmett Fox, which, which ultimately changed my life to the point where um, my, my spiritual practice is the strongest uh, practice that I have in my life. It's the biggest, I would say, the, the single biggest factor in the change that occurred for me is the, are, the, are the rituals that I created um, when I began to see myself differently and see the world and others differently through, through some of those teachings of Tony Robbins and Scott Peck and, and Emmett Fox and then, and then others like uh, Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and, and folks after that. So, um, yeah. That is powerful, my friend. Now, there's a book you said the first one was The Road Less Traveled, right? Yes. And, and, and the, the um, I didn't quite catch the author's name. Oh, that's Dr. Scott Peck. How do you spell his last name? It would be P-E-C-K. Oh, okay. By the way, I, I would love to um, remind our listeners that these resources, as you can hear, are not just entertainment. In fact, they're not entertainment. They're life-changing. And you, as a listener on this show, can get access to them as audiobooks and you can choose one absolutely free by just going to audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Choose one of the titles as a free download and also get a free trial of Audible's awesome service that can help to enrich your life. Wow, thank you so much for that. Now, you took that first important step. So often people won't take a first step because they don't have the entire roadmap clearly in their minds. Did you have every step clearly in mind? Or did you just take the first step and then discover the next one? So to me, the definition of a pivot is a small change in direction that leads to transformation over time. Um, so even a small change, even a five degree, you know, a slight change in your direction over time, and, and I, I usually draw this out, but I think everybody can visualize this. Imagine a straight line, okay? And, and, and that straight line could represent your life. It could be your business, your, you know, whatever aspect of your life that you want. And that straight line from beginning to end, if it does not change, to me it's like, what, what, what your life looks like at the end of your life. It's like a flat line. That, that line to me is the status quo. It's, it's the line of, um, of safety. It's the line of, of comfort. It's the line of you know, things as they are. It's, again, uh, it's, to me, it's the line of death. And, and to me, in addition you know, to, to add to that, the line of life, is a line of change. The line of life is a line that is dynamic, that is uh, not the status quo, that is a disruption of the status quo in essence. Um, and that other line is a line of mediocrity. Ultimately, that's what it feels like. Um, so imagine now that flat line, at the end of that line, let's call it the, the left side of that line, you just make a little curly cue up, five degrees, the tiniest little change in the direction. Now, if you extend that line out just an inch, you'll see that the difference between the first line, the flat line, and the line that you've changed direction on, which is just a five-degree change, they, from a distance, you could hardly even tell that the two lines are separated. You know, they'll, they'll look very close. It won't be a dramatic change at all. Um, but if you continue to draw that line out from one inch to one foot and beyond, you will see very quickly that even that five-degree change over time creates an exponential space 
between the two lines. So that over time, whether it's a month, three months, six months, a year, longer, those two lines have diverged so greatly that you could hardly ever imagine that they were at one point the same, that they mm-hmm. would join from the same from the same focal point. And so that to me is what a pivot looks like. It's a a small change. And then as you said, did I have all the answers? No, I didn't have all the answers at all. I didn't even have a plan. All I knew was that I needed to make a change. So I made one small change and then I continued on that path until another small change was was uh, apparent. And so when you ask me, you know, are you are you did you have a plan or did you wait to see the plan unfold? I took step and not knowing what the next step would look like, but only having faith that there would be a next step and that that next step would probably reveal itself as I as I as I move further along. So I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said something to that effect that um, that the staircase that that you you cannot uh, necessarily see this top of a staircase, but you just have to move move up in faith that the next step will be there as you continue to climb. And I think that's exactly what was what we're talking about. So for me, I knew I wanted to um, stop doing work that was out of integrity for me, meaning that I didn't believe in and I didn't love and I was only doing it for the money. Um, so that was my first awareness. And then I also knew that I had a family to support, kids and, and all those kinds of things. So I wasn't going to just jump ship or stop being a lawyer overnight. It actually was a process that took almost three years, two and a half years. Um, but where it began was me uh, deciding that I would love to be a trainer. Like I would love to help people uh, lift their lives up, to uplift them in some way. So I, I started doing warm-ups uh, you know, at, at a seminar called the Millionaire Mind Intensive. And I would go to that seminar and, uh, and I would warm up the crowd. I would get on stage and just get them to move their bodies and get them to uh, put their hands on their hearts to, to practice their declarations and simple things like that. And for 18 months on my own time and on my, on my own dime, I would fly around uh, the country to different events and do the warm-up exercises. And at a certain point, I started to get paid a little bit of money, so it wasn't actually uh, costing me any money to do this uh, any longer. Uh, but I still wasn't making any money that would allow me to stop being a lawyer, uh, or at least pay for pay for my lifestyle. So I just kept going down that path, a step at a time, a step at a time. And even at a certain point in that process, or not even at several points in that process, uh, obstacles appeared obstacles that were pretty, uh, you know, pretty sizable. So at one point, the owner of the company, who was also the lead trainer, the head trainer for the company uh, and owner, he said to me, look, uh, I don't think you have a future in this. He says, you're a great, great lawyer and, and, you know, great businessman and all that kind of thing. He says, but, uh, but you're boring, (laughs) you know, uh, or whatever he had said to me, that and some other things. And, uh, and you know what? I considered quitting. I actually, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I was with other, a couple of other uh, junior trainers at the time that were trainers in training, so to speak. And, uh, and, and they got higher reviews than me and, and, uh, and they were further along the path. And I was thinking at some point, you know, maybe, maybe this is, and I was angry that somebody would tell me this is not, you're not cut out to do this. And, and then I went to my heart and I asked myself, uh, and, and I asked God, I said, is this, a, you know, is this what I should be doing? Um, does this feel right? And, and if it feels right, then does it matter that someone else believes in you or doesn't believe in you? And ultimately, the answer was, do this. This, this is right. And, you know, channel whatever anger or upset you have about this person not thinking you're the greatest thing in the world and channel it into something that you can use to be better at, at, at what you're doing. And that's exactly what I did. And then, you know, ultimately I became a lead trainer for the company. Uh, then I became the, the most senior lead trainer. Uh, and then at a certain point, 
you know, fr further down the line, three years later, um, the owner of the company, the then owner of the company, wanted to um, wanted to sell the company, and myself and some partners of mine from overseas ended up buying the company. I ended up becoming uh, the CEO of the company and all that kind of thing. And so, you know, it's like one step, one lily pad, you know, just jumping from one lily pad to the next um, without the, the guarantee and the certainty that the next lily pad is going to be there. And that's, I think, where one of the greatest lessons of personal development actually comes in, Lewis, which is um, that you, you, you leap N with the faith that the, that the next lily pad will be there. And, and that's, that's a decision of your heart. That's a decision of your soul. That's not a decision of your mind because your mind will tell you that's crazy. Your mind will tell you that's nuts because the mind craves protection. It craves certainty. The mind is constantly in, in fear of what if or what could happen that would you know, destroy you, would annihilate you, would create, you know, your, your demise. And that's what the mind does. That's the mind's function, is to keep you safe, to keep me safe. So to ask the mind whether you should leap to the next lily pad without seeing it there is like, you know, you know it's like asking your kids if they'd like to have ice cream, uh, you know, uh, or, or if they'd like to have broccoli for dinner or ice cream, you know. They're always going to choose the ice cream. And the mind will always choose safety. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it is. I, you know, you really delivered a lot here, my friend. You said something that I, I really want to emphasize for people. You said it was the head of the company who told you you had no future. Was that Harvecker himself? That's who that was. Now, listen to this, people. Pay attention. The head of Peak Potentials tells a trainee, you don't have what it takes, you're boring. How many of you, when you would hear something like that from a person that you perceive to be above you, would just make that your story? You'd make it your own story and say, well, who am I to know? He should know, he probably knows better, and you'd walk away. But look at what happened because Adam had the courage to listen to his own inner voice and not be influenced by that outer one, even though he probably was very tempted to. Now, what I'm fascinated about, too, is how did you even meet Harvecker and get to do the warm-ups in the first place? Well, again, it, it's part of the same story is that I became a Quantum Leap student. So I invested at the time, it was like $30,000 for, <laughs> for the package. And then our two daughters, our oldest daughters joined as well. So I think in the first summer, I spent like $50,000 with the company. And I became a student and I started eat the cooking and I loved what I was eating. And I uh, met Harv Eker at a certain point. Uh, somebody introduced me to him. And I told him, I said, you know, here's my background, and this is what I'd like to do. I, I'd be happy to volunteer, and I'm happy to serve, and I'm happy to become a trainer. And he said, uh, oh, yeah? Good. You know, like, do it. Go ahead and do it. You know, like, like I say to people all the time, go ahead and do it, you know, like, because most people say they're going to do it, but never do it. So I did it, and uh, I stuck around and stuck around and stuck around, and, um, you know, the story goes as well. So maybe, uh four or five months after that conversation that I had with him where he told me uh, I didn't, you know, wasn't really great at what I was doing uh, and I might want to reconsider, um, he called me up. I was in my law office, actually. It's kind of a funny story. I'm, I'm in with a client and I forgot to turn my phone off, so the phone rings. And I looked down and I picked up the phone. And so I said, hello? And he says, hello? And I said, well, who, I'm in. I'm in a client meeting. I apologize. I, I didn't realize I had my phone on. So, uh, you know, may I call you back? And uh, but who is this? And he says to me, "It's." Uh, and he was almost insulted when I asked him the uh, the question. He says, oh, "This is Harv." Oh, I said, "Oh, Harv, Harv, yeah, great." I, <laughs> like I said, I'm sorry. I have to call you back, uh, but I'll make it quick. He says, "Oh, yeah, please do so," uh, and then click. 
So I'm in the meeting with my client. I, I actually did kind of finish up that meeting a little abruptly because I was very curious now what was what was he calling me about, and he didn't sound too patient either on the other end. So uh, finished up that meeting. I called Harv back, and he said to me, all right, so here's the situation. One of our trainers is supposed to train with me in Singapore in two weeks. And at this point, it's two weeks before Thanksgiving, so it's over Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, in Singapore, and there's going to be 5,000 people there. Half of them don't even speak English. There's going to be, you know, translation and all that kind of thing. And uh, and so the, this trainer was not going to be able to be there due to a family illness. And so I said, uh, and it's Dennis. Maybe maybe some of you folks know Dennis, but uh, so mm -hmm. he wasn't going to be able to be there. And uh, he says, so can you do it? And uh, I said, well, you know, what's involved? He says, well, you're not going to be doing warm-ups. You know, we have an assistant trainer. He says, you're going to have to study and do about 60% of the event. I do the other 40%. You do about 60% of the data, and, and you're going to you know, do, a, do a bookstore and that kind of thing. And uh, so will you do it? And I had a moment, and this is, for many people, I think, you know, one of those moments of truth where you know a lot about yourself, but you also get to check in with where you're at and you know I immediately knew I I it was two weeks from now it was over a holiday that I always spend with my family um, I was going to be halfway around the world doing something I'd never done before in front of 5,000 people with the guy that I've been modeling and wanting to uh, wanting to prove that I was you know good enough to and all that kind of thing and here I am Everything I've been working toward for the last year and a half, two years, is on the line. And in that moment, i got to give him an answer, yes or no. And in that instant, I said yes. Just like I clapped my hands and said yes. And, um, and that's the way decisions are made by me. Um, and and, and that they're from the heart. Because if I let my head get involved, again, as I said earlier, my head, my mind, will always find the, the safest route. And, and I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place for safety. I'm just saying that for most people, that straight line, that line of, of mediocrity, that line of the status quo, that line of safety is what leads to that life where you're, you're just without the, the, the purpose, the passion, that it just feels mediocre. It's that life of, of you know, where Henry David Thoreau described people everywhere living lives of quiet desperation. That's to me what that represents. So, yeah, immediately I said yes, because it's yes and I'll figure it out in somehow, some way. And that's what happened. I hung up the phone with him and now I'm desperately, you know, scrambling for how do I get support? And so I called up Dennis and he, you know, he explained to me he wasn't going to be able to go, but that he would give me some coaching. And I had all this, I, you know, now I was going to get all the scripts. I had to study, I had to drop everything else I was doing, I had to make you know, flight arrangements, all this stuff. Tell my family I'm going to be away at Thanksgiving. And uh, and I'll just say, um, I get there. Okay, so I'll take you now all the way across the world, uh, 19 hours nonstop from Newark Airport to Singapore. And I'm meeting with, with Harv uh, the night before the event. We're going to have dinner together. And his assistant is there. And we meet. And I'm having dinner, and he, and he basically says to me, you know, he gives me some pointers and some things he wanted me to, to think about and focus, about, focus on. And, you know, in essence, he, he sort of let me know that if, if it turned out that I couldn't do it, you know, that, that he was prepared to just step in and, and like, do it, which was disconcerting, you know, a little bit, that, that he was even thinking that, that that would be the case. And sure enough, uh, we open the event, and I uh, I get on stage, and this is like a stage that's the size of a football field. I kid you not. It was enormous. I'd never been on a stage that big in my life. And it's 5,000 people, and uh, and I'm getting out there, and they don't know who the heck I am. Just some some bald guy, you know, that comes from America. <laughs> and and I've got five minutes is basically how how I, I heard it, that uh, that. Harvick is behind the stage, you know, with with you know other people, and they're basically there listening to see whether 
I'm gonna I'm gonna fold, you know, like right on the spot. Because if, if I'm if I if I suck right there, he's prepared to just get on and uh, and go from there. And as the story goes, uh, five minutes in, you know, he left he left the uh, the venue and and all, all that kind of thing. And the rest is sort of history. But um, but that was one of those moments, you know. Wow. Yep, you had to face your fears, my friend. That was powerful. Now, did, did you ever imagine at any point in, at that time that you would take over Harv's throne? Yeah, um, yeah that's a funny way to put it. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 never, I never had any thoughts of that uh, at that point. And, uh, and truthfully, I think we... When we did take over the company and uh, and wanted to run it in in our own unique way, um, I feel like we've we've created something that is uh, uniquely New Peaks and and that it's uh, based in part in the curriculum and the intellectual property that is that is uh, that was created by Harvecker, and then we've got intellectual property of our own and and things that we've created that are are new and different and we're we're equally. Um, happy that that's that that's our contribution now. But now I, you know what? All I was all I was thinking about at the time was I want uh, I want to serve and I want to serve the highest possible ex- expression of my gifts, whatever they are, my talents, whatever they are um, that I could possibly provide. And I think that's that's where. It's like we're we're moving up that ladder, or we're journeying up the mountain, so to speak, from from base camp to base camp, further up the mountain. When you get to a higher level on that mountain, you will see new things. You'll have new awareness. So at some point, when I was further up the mountain, and the opportunity came to become uh, the person who ran the company and and one of the owners of the company, yeah, I immediately saw that vision and that vision became something that I focused on at that point. Uh, but I couldn't have seen that. And I certainly didn't see that when I was, you know, down at the, the you know, near the bottom at the base camp, lower to the bottom of the mountain. Um, I couldn't see that. The, the plateau I was looking to get to is first, I want to be a lead trainer. And I want to do that because I know that as a lead trainer, I get to impact the lives of so many thousands of people in so many places all around North America and, and even around the world. And I've, been, I've trained thousands of people in, in Malaysia and Vietnam and Singapore and China and Japan and, oh my goodness, and Australia and Europe and, and so many places. And that's what that afforded me was the ability to share whatever gift and talent I had with a lot of people, which is a joy and a, you know, and a blessing, as I said at the beginning. So You know, it's incredible. I mean... Uh, it blew my mind when you told me that Harv said that you didn't have what it takes and that you were boring. Because, I mean, I have been in the audience when you were training several times. And you, you boring is not a word I would use for the way you train. You train with passion. You train with, uh, with tremendous humor. Uh, your energy is contagious. And you're one of the most dynamic trainers I've seen. So, man, kudos to you for sticking with it and staying in the game. Well, now, hey, Lewis, let me let me just say this because I want you're making the point, and I think it, I want to plus it if I could. All right. Yeah. You see, you see, here's the to be fair about it, right? I probably was boring at the time when he said that. I don't, you know, it could be that he was trying to just see whether I would fold and, you know, some people do that. I don't know that that's what he was up to. I think to give everything its proper due, I probably was really boring and really uh, green and all that kind of thing. And, and I would suggest that anybody that's really good at what they do, whether they're a lawyer or they're a doctor or they're a pianist or they're a ballerina or a tennis player, anything, that at the beginning, they probably aren't the best, you know, they probably suck at the start. And I think that's a part of where people are challenged in their life, is that they they are not willing to go through the, the I suck stage of something to get to the point where they no longer suck at it. 
And and that's where, you know, to me the book Pivot is is very instrumental because part of what I believe everybody must do is create momentum. Uh, you can't get a great result in stocks, in trading, you know, becoming an investor or real estate or any area of your life, your job, your career, your business, your anything, your, your relationship with your, your spouse, your kids. You will never get the great result from one one action or one, you know, uh, from 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 being great at that thing at the start. You get it step by step. You get it by creating some momentum. Uh, and I'll use a different analogy here. It's, it's like the dominoes. So in Pivot, the first half of the book is about what it takes to create clarity. So for me, a part of what I did to know that I wanted to be a trainer and I wanted to do these things in my life was I got clear. Without the clarity, if I hadn't walked out of the hospital with some sense that I wanted to make a change, if I didn't read those books that I read to create more clarity, more vision for my life, I would never have known what I wanted to do. I just would be like, well, I want to do something, but I have no clue what that is, which would have only led to more confusion and despondency and everything else. So first half is clarity. The second half is momentum. When you, when you have some clear understanding of, of who and what and why and all the rest, what do you do to start and then get momentum? So me, that description of me at the beginning and what was told to me was a part of that, that, that domino effect. I was just tipping over a domino, and at the be, you know, dominoes. And at the beginning, the only domino that I had the ability to tip over was a tiny, tiny little domino, which was at least enough to put me in front of the people that would tell me that I suck or I'm boring. All right, That was the domino. And if I had stopped there, none of the other dominoes would have ever tipped over. I would have never gotten better. I would have never figured out what it was that I was doing that was not interesting. I would never have been able to open up and connect. And, and all of that involved ongoing practice, ongoing growth. I took courses. I, I went to every course I could to help me to understand better how to be more of who I was authentically, congruently speaking from my heart. All those things aren't just innate some of it is who you are like as in in your in yourselves but most of it is stuff that you open up to and that you allow spirit to guide you to and and that again is this process of just domino knocking another domino over and you don't have to even here's the crazy part once you tip the domino the first one it starts the momentum to the point where they they tip over almost effortlessly all I needed to do to continue at that point was to not buy into the story, as you said earlier, that I sucked or that this was not for me or that I was boring. No, I came away and said, you know what? I might have been boring yesterday, but I'm not boring. And I might have sucked yesterday, but I know I don't suck. And so I'm just going to keep going until somebody tells me I can't go anymore. And nobody ever did. And that's the point. Mm, that's powerful. You know, I want to jump right into um, an exercise from your your book. Can you talk a little bit about the last walk? I will, and I and I know that uh, time is is limited here, and so uh, this is probably a good, you know, uh, as good a place as any for us to sort of start to wrap some things up. Sure. The last walk is an incredible, incredible exercise, Lewis. Um, and so where you find the exercise of the last walk is actually in the third part of the book, Pivot. So the first part is clarity. The second part is about creating momentum. And the third part is a 21-day action plan that I call the 21-day rituals. And I believe that's ritual number two, day two. And, uh, and in essence, um, and people, you know, when they, when they read the book, they'll see that each day – it's, it's one thing that builds on the next until 21 days later, you've got 21 new rituals. Um, and the ones that you keep doing are the ones that will change your life for sure. This particular ritual, I think, is uh, this practice is, is something really special. And that is that you take 30 minutes, just 30 minutes. It's not a long length of time. And actually, a dear friend of mine, uh, Leela Francis, uh, who's also a, a, a teacher, trainer, a transformational leader, uh, She's, she's somebody that, that uses this exercise quite a bit in her work with women, and, and uh, so I, I discovered it through my wife, who, who's worked with Leela extensively, and I love, I love this exercise. 
you take 30 minutes um, and you find a, a very quiet place that you can be. And so I like to do it at the shore. I love to do it at the beach. But you can do it any place where you can be alone. You can go in the woods or, or whatever it is. And you imagine that these are the last 30 minutes that you have. Um, I mean, literally, this is it. When, after, when 30 minutes are over, you know, that's, that's all there is. You're done. And, uh, and you move on to wherever it is, you know, in the next, the, the next plane of existence, if they're, you know, if they if you believe in one. And, uh, and so you have 30 minutes to contemplate whatever you want to contemplate, but it's not 30 minutes to be texting anybody. You know, it's not uh, checking Facebook or email or anything. There's nothing to do. You don't have anybody to call. There's no one to, to communicate with. You just have 30 minutes to yourself to imagine literally that these are your last 30 minutes. What are your thoughts? Where do you, where does your mind go? Um, where does your body go? Are you sitting? Are you walking? Are you pacing? Are you looking up? Are you looking down? Are you thinking about God? Are you thinking about your kids? Are you thinking about the past? Are you thinking about what's next? Are you thinking about what are you thinking about? Um, and, uh, and just to be observant and conscious of whatever it is that comes up in those, in those moments. And then when those 30 minutes are over, so you set a timer for it, uh, you have this experience in those, when that timer goes off, that this is, this is it. I am, uh, I am officially complete. And, um, and then you sit down and you journal what that, that all experience was like. So it's not during 30 minutes you're journaling what's coming up and you're writing things down. You're just being present and doing essentially nothing, although you can walk and, and, and all that. You just don't do anything, communicate with anybody other than with yourself um, and with spirit. And, uh, and when it's over, you have that moment where you, you take a deep breath and then you... Uh, and then you write down whatever it is that you've experienced. And it is a very profound, deep, and moving experience for most people. Uh, and it certainly has been for me when I've done it numerous times. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a very powerful uh, part of the practice. So thank, thank you for asking about it, Louis. Oh, thank you for sharing it, because, um, yes, um, people listening, give it a shot especially if you're serious about changing your story and changing your life. Adam, where do you see yourself in five years, five years from today? I see myself living, loving, being present. Hmm. Okay. I will accept that. It sounded like it was coming from your heart, my friend. Now, do you have a hopeful vision for our planet? Well, our company's vision is, is the vision I share, which is that we will create peace and that we will create peace through self-actualization, which is a term that we use to define a person becoming the highest version of themselves. And so to me, uh, that's a moment-by-moment -moment question for ourselves. You know, am I the highest version of myself in this moment? Am I living in my higher, my higher self, my highest self in this moment? And when we are, when I am, I am at peace. And my theory, our theory as a company is that when more and more and more people are taking responsibility and working on creating their own peace, then our world will become and will be more peaceful. So that is uh, my highest vision for our planet, for my family, for myself, for all of my brothers and sisters. And um, I know that you're contributing in a very big way to, to making that a reality. I also want to add for the listeners that I went through the Complete Quantum Leap program when it was called Peak Potentials. And for me, it was also one of the best decisions of my life. Changed everything for me. Uh, at the very beginning, 
when I went to a transformational course called Enlightened Warrior Training. I went in hypochondriac, and when I came out, I no longer worried about my health again. And that was, it changed a pattern that had been with me for decades. That was only one of the changes. It's enriched me. It continues to enrich me, which is one of the reasons I'm very excited to have Adam here today. And how can people reach you and benefit from your training? Oh, thank you, Lewis. So, um, well, a couple of things. So first of all, I really recommend that people go out and get the book Pivot. And the least expensive way is to, is to go to Amazon. You can get the hardcover book on Amazon uh, pretty easily. Uh, what's really great in the book is that not only does it come with those 21 days of action uh, plan and steps and practice and rituals after the, uh, the, two, the two main parts of the book, uh, but it also comes with two uh, complimentary VIP tickets to our beginner events, which is where you began and I began before we went to Enlightened Warrior Training Camp, or now uh, we've got programs like Mission Possible Business Creator, which is a, a beautiful, beautiful program, and the Ultimate Relationship Retreat, and Alchemy, and a number of other amazing programs, but um, it all begins at either of two events. So one is called Reignite, uh, which is a, very much a program about reigniting the spark that you are. So as a spark of the great mother fire, great spirit, uh, we have the potential to be anything uh, that we want to be. And, uh, and so to reignite that and in the context of business and relationships and health and, and other personal things uh, is what reignite is about. So the reignite weekend is our program and you know people can go to reigniteweekend.com. But when you buy the book, you get two VIP tickets to that, and uh, there's a phone number in it to uh, register. Uh, there's also the Millionaire Mind Experience, which is, again, what we used to call the Millionaire Mind Intensive, but it's basically the same, it is the same program, Millionaire Mind Experience, but we focus uh, on, a, on a few different things, and we've added a few things, which is really great. Um, and so that also is, uh, is available to people when they've gotten the book. Um, and if they want to just n learn more about who we are as a company, um, uh, the name is New Peaks, uh, and so the website is newpeaks.com. And again, we uh, we still retain the name Peak Potentials, but uh, we did change our name to New Peaks. And we we believe again this is this is the evolution of us and the evolution of our world is to constantly be climbing and moving up to higher and higher peaks of our understanding and peaks of our consciousness. So uh, newpeaks.com for more information about who we are and what we're committed to is. Uh, Amazing. So, Lewis, thank you so much for interviewing me and taking the time. And uh, I hope a lot of people get, uh, you know, get to listen and, and really get value out of what we've discussed. Oh, I mean, um, the only way not to get value out of this is to be unconscious. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just amazing. I mean, you, the value that you delivered. Um, I thank you so much, by the way, for people to be absolutely clear, the website is www.newpeaks.com, newpeaks.com. Thank you again, my friend. That was, um, you just contributed a wonderful gift to the world. Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in live today. I know that you got enormous value from Adam. How would you like to spend almost eight hours with him learning everything you want and need to create a magnificent life? Well, you can. Thanks to our sponsor, Audible.com, you can download Adam Markell's unabridged audiobook, Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career in Life, read by Adam himself, absolutely free. Go to Audible trial.com forward slash story power. Again, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash story power for your free audiobook. You can choose Adam's book or any other from 180,000 titles. 
and you will automatically get a one-month free trial of Audible's audiobook service. Remember to visit us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us your ratings and reviews and subscribe. Then make your way over to changeyourstorypodcast.com and take advantage of my free gift to you, the ebook Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. I would love to hear from you, to know what you're getting from this show and what other things you would love to see in it. You can reach me at Lewis, that's L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. During the next week, think about this. Do you need a miracle in your life to have something special that you really want happen? Then apply some of the things that Adam shared with you today. Start by really asking this empowering question. How can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.